Hey guys, before Stephen Pate starts talking, I have to do a quick disclaimer. Here's the disclaimer. The views expressed in this message do not constitute an endorsement or reflect the views of the Department of Defense, the United States Navy, or the United States Marine Corps. All right, thanks for listening. You're a scuba instructor. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah like that's what I do with my Master's of Divinity. <laughs> We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. Today's guest is a Navy chaplain and my friend, Stephen Pate. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Hey, man. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you. Stephen Pate and I first met at Harding Grad School in Memphis, Tennessee, where we had a urban ministry class together. We talk about that class briefly during our first part of the conversation. He was talking about his missionary his missions in Brazil. Right. And he was talking about how like the thing that hurts him the most is that people don't believe that demons exist. You remember that? And oh, he like yeah. no, I don't. He he just he like he started crying. He um, did. He was very emotional. I remember that. Yes. Like, he was crying while he was telling that story. He's like, because I've seen like demons cast out of people, like I've seen what they do, but in America we just don't get it. Like he like broke down. Next, we discuss a story and some of the faith changes that Stephen was experiencing at that time in his life. During that class, I feel like you personally were like going through a lot of faith changes. Absolutely. Yes. I think at that time I was working at a... You were working at a church somewhere. I was. And I think we talked about it a little bit. I think I stayed behind with the professor. Um, But... But yeah, I was going through a, I was working with a pretty um, interesting congregation. I mean, they, they didn't see eye to eye on the urban ministry side of it. Right. So we had had some failed attempts because uh, our church was located in an urban environment. And I just remember thinking, man, what we're doing is not working. And I think my faith was changing a little bit at the time. Too. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. And so um, 
yeah, it was definitely an eye opener. There's some story about a guy that you invited to church, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he was, um, I'm not sure if he was homeless or not, but so yeah. for context, we were located in a, in a black neighborhood. We were a white church in a black neighborhood. Okay. Um, I think the neighborhood, I think, I think they call it what, white flight, or sure. it used to be like a white neighborhood, and then yeah. white people got scared and, and moved out, but the church didn't move. So right. now we have white people that used to live in that neighborhood would now truck in for church and then be like, okay, thanks. We did it. And then leave the neighborhood. So right. it was odd. So I was walking to the gas station cause I was trying to, yeah, I'm gonna try to support some of these local businesses around here and kind of get to know people. Plus they had Mexican Coke. Have you ever had Mexican Coke before? Yeah, man. So much better. Like, I mean, it's just sugar. It's the real stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I walked over there and I met this guy that I would normally not talk to. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, start a conversation and uh started talking to him and i think he asked me like for i think he asked me for money actually um so yeah. i said well hey, i'll buy you a coke i'm getting me one anyway so i bought him a coke and um we were talking i said hey what do you know about that church you know right across the street from the gas station he said oh yeah that church oh yeah that's where all the white people come in and then have church and leave and that's what he said like yeah. word, word i was like uh, yep, that's that would be it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knew um, what he was talking about. Yeah, and I know we had had a conversation with one of the elders. He said, "Hey, why don't you go out and start door knocking in this neighborhood, like the 1960s approach to uh, sure. ministry?" And so I was like, "Okay, well, this might be a good opportunity." I said, "Well, could you do me a favor? Could would you mind coming to church on Sunday and just let's meet, have some coffee, or?" we can meet at the gas station, share a Coke or something, and just tell me about your experience. Like, were you, you know, how were you treated? What was your experience? And so he said, okay, yeah, I'll be there. Honestly, I didn't expect him to be there. Um, I, you know, I think he, I thought he maybe just been getting a Coke and going, you know, but sure. I got there a little early that Sunday, just in case. I think I was preaching that Sunday. Oh, wow. So, you know, I had my dress code on, you know, my three piece suit, oh, wow. um, you know, shine shoes, you know, <laughs> Um, and I show up and there he is. Um, yeah. he was there now. He, he was like in a tank top, but it was clean. Like it was clean. It was tucked in. He was in some old blue jeans, like some old shoes, but it was tucked in. Like, I mean, I could tell he tried, his hair was slicked back. Right. Um, I was like, okay, neat. And so I, I said hi to him on my way. And I said, Hey, I hope we can talk more. I've got to get ready for a sermon. Let me go grab my notes and stuff. And I'll, I'll meet you back in the foyer. I'm going to talk a little bit. So you're planning just to like go grab something and come right back? Yes. Like just a couple of minutes? Yeah, just a couple of minutes. And so okay. you know how that goes in ministry. You know, that yeah. always turns into someone catches you. and Yeah, a sure. And someone else, you know, so you're making your way that way. And so it probably ended up being about 10 minutes. Okay. And I saw him um, kind of at the door. He had like a flower or whatever, and was like giving flowers to people as they came in. I guess he think he picked them out of the lawn. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, like, that's interesting, but that's cool. I could tell, like, that he's meeting well. I'm like, that, that's it. That's cool, you know. Mm -hmm. But I see, like, some very concerned members, um, like a little little meeting kind of happening off to the side. And um, the guy, I see him, he, he reaches for another flower, and he's like, hey, I'm out of flowers. Or I don't know what he said. I wasn't that close. And he walked out of the door. 
at that time, one of the deacon wives came and locked the door, locked him out of the building. Um, it would not allow him back in. And, um, yeah, I just saw him just, he heard the door lock and he just took off. You know, I, I could never find him again. No. Yeah. I did not remember that. Yeah, that was how that story ended. Next, Stephen and I discuss what sort of impact that experience had on his ministry and on his life. It was a period in time where I think he could experience being jaded and definitely a time that could have been a, a winter faith period. So I wanted to ask him about that and see if my assumption was correct. I can just think of the different interpretations of where that would leave you. And I know it's been like years, you know, Mm. that's, that was what getting closer to a decade ago now, which seems crazy to me. You're right. Um, So it goes back a few years. I'm sure it's not something you like think about all the time, but I just feel like that whole experience could have like really like jaded you, but it doesn't seem to it did for a while, honestly. Okay. Okay. Um, I yeah. mean, I, I, I had to heal um, before I got back into ministry and I had an opportunity. So you left that church, that oh, event and that class and everything within that yes. year. I would, I, I left um, there, I would say about a year after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yes. So, um, and, it, and it was definitely something that needed healing. Um by God. I mean, I had some interesting stories about that, but it did happen. I got so many people in churches really to thank for that. I mean, Sycamore View being one of them, right. you know, that we both were, were at together for a while. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, if, if I had jumped right back into ministry, I think I would have done more damage than good, if that makes mm-hmm. much sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know, what, I know what you're saying. I think, I think a lot of people listening, you know, we get a lot of listeners from from our connections at HSC and then other church of Christ people. And then just like friends and family that Mm. support me. And I think we understand a lot of people understand what you mean by that. Yes, exactly. Um, But, you know, I I really think God puts people in your path um, as healers, if that makes much sense. Um, Those people that, you know, without them, you really wouldn't be who you were today and you don't want to really imagine what you would be without certain people coming into your life. Right. Um, And I will say at first when I left, I had no grace toward some of the stuff I experienced. But now I think God's shown me a different way to deal with people. Cause I think he's shown me my own inadequacies my own failures as well. Um, you know, I kind of really think of Jonah as well in this situation. Cause you know, like Jonah, his whole thing was he was kind of offended by God's grace at the end mm-hmm. um, there. And I think that's kind of where I was at. It's like even people that I don't think would deserve grace, God gives them grace, which makes you reflect on yourself. Well, I don't deserve it either we're all just as messed up as the next person. And I think it's taken me a while to realize that simple concept. Um, but yeah. 
God's offensive grace. <laughs> man. No, that it's true, man. It's true. I mean, we don't, yeah, we don't want to be for the most part for myself too. Like I don't want to be so grace filled. I mean, there's circumstances in my life right now. I have this little, this little devotional book called always we begin again. Yes. And, um, it's written by like an attorney in Memphis. I found out later. I almost wish I would have gone and seen him, but I never knew that he lived in Memphis, but <laughs> it talks about, he has a little like devotional where he talks about being sympathetic towards every person. Mm. And I'm like, well, I just don't want to be like, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't, you know, yeah. I want to, I want to hold, I want to hold people accountable, you know, in the next part of the interview, Stephen talks about his current work and where God led him to. I'm in the, I'm in the Navy, so I'm a Navy chaplain. Uh, I'm working with the Marine Corps right now. I know that's super confusing. Oh, okay. Uh, no, that's cool. So one little, little known fact is so the Department of the Navy also houses the United States Marine Corps and the Coast Guard. So we can mm. kind of, no, we're not jumping branches, but we can serve different branches as chaplains and corpsmen are the same way. Navy corpsmen, like the docks, they can uh, jump over to different branches as well. Um, so that's what we can do as well. And how long, how many years have you been doing chaplaincy in the Navy? So almost four years now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I know, um, I know Brian Green yes. is also, um, and he's a good guy. West coast, not where you are, but out that direction anyways. Um, yes, a good friend of mine, Michael Bowen as well. He was at Harding grad school. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, he yeah. just joined up with us. Um, so what is, what's that experience been like? It's been really good, um, mm -hmm. especially with, I think it fits well with, with my style of ministry, if it makes much sense. I, I feel like I'm more of a one-on-one -on -one kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy the pulpit stuff. But I feel like chaplaincy, um, the thing that it brings to the table, it's that, you know, leave the 99 to go after the one, kind of like what Jesus does. I, I kind of feel like this is that 100% okay. of the time. Um, the Navy kind of, they pride themselves in chaplain corps. And it's really um, true, you know, of ministry of presence. That's what we call it. Mm -hmm. um, incarnational ministry. And that's really what we do 99% of the time, um, we get to walk around, we call it deck plate ministry. And our whole job at the time is just to check on, check on the, our commanding officers, people. Hey, how are you doing? You know, how's life? How's the kids? So our, our whole, I mean, part of who we are is we are to bring um, Christ's presence now into people's lives. And, you know, we people see us and interesting on our uniform. I don't know if you've seen a chaplain uniform, but you're you have rank on one side of your collar, on the other side you have this big cross. And so uh -huh. when people when you come into a building, people see that. And typically, not always, but a lot of times people will kind of relax. They'll see you in there. They'll relax. The environment will kind of chill down. They'll see mm -hmm. you know they, maybe they were working really hard, and uh, chaplain comes in, and people will start smiling. Um, wow. 
it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a unique experience. Now some places that doesn't happen, but sure. a lot of times people will start smiling, laughing. You can have a conversation and um, people are pretty receptive to you. Yeah. So a lot of one-on-one counseling, are you working like my, what, what are like the age groups? I'm assuming it's mostly men, but I don't know for sure. And then the age well, not, group. Sure. Not anymore. I would say um, a lot of the um, recruits coming in, I would say we're getting closer to um, you know, one for one okay. now, um, uh, one male, one female. Uh, okay. We're not quite there yet, uh, but I got to work at, um, recruit training command for a while. So I got to see all the new recruits coming in mm-hmm. and uh, work with them. And it was, I, mean, I would say it's pretty close to even not quite there, but it might have been 60, 40. Wow. Uh, okay. It was, yeah. Is it, what about the age? Oh, so believe it or not, um, <laughs> while I was there, um, I got to counsel a recruit that was born after September 11th. Okay. And is now right. in the Navy. Like that blows my mind. Sure. So uh, 17, you can, you can join as early as 17. And so there were a lot of 17 year olds um, mm-hmm. there that you have to get your parents to sign for you to get in early, but mm-hmm. you can do 17. Um, I, I get to work with people anywhere from 17 to um, honestly in their early sixties. Um, All right. All right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, um, I, you know, I, I worked, or I don't know if you know this, but I worked as a um, hospital chaplain hmm. um, after yeah. getting my MDiv and now working in a similar role, but at a shelter for men, women, and children experiencing homelessness. Oh, nice. And so it's a lot of chaplaincy work. Hmm. I didn't, yeah. I don't think I would have called it that you know, mm. 10 years ago, but now that's kind of a term. Um, and I also interviewed the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers chaplain. Oh, nice. Um, probably, I don't know. It was during the pandemic, so. Wow. At Did some point. you up with some seats? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, not this year. Um, <laughs> True. But, um, yeah, so, you know, just learning about the different roles that, that a chaplain can be and at mm. the mission a lot of the titles are chaplain for whatever reason mm. I don't know why but I think typically we'd think like maybe like social worker or case manager sure. but a lot of gospel rescue missions they use chaplain um so awesome. so it's kind of interesting just learning more about how the word is used but I agree it's just a lot of basically one-on-one care at, especially at the hospital you're mm-hmm. like, you're trying to be that ministry of presence. Like that was a yeah. term at the hospital that was used mm. every day. And yes. you're not going in like, I mean, we had like a Sunday morning chapel service, but like literally I can't ever remember there being more than like four people there. Mm. So that was not like the bulk of, and if the pager went off, you would just leave. So <laughs> it wasn't like a big part, um, you know, and for me, like, I like preaching, I like teaching, like, I do this podcast, that's sort of my format of teaching, I guess, but I just mm-hmm. want to be that person that's there for somebody else. So um, has it helped kind of going through your own, like, has, has your faith changed doing this job or ministry and, and how you view um, yeah. 
That's a great yeah. question. Um, I think I would have to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think honestly with this job, my, my faith changes on a daily basis. Hmm. Um, okay. Mainly because, I mean, I, I consider it like kind of like in the trenches, in that ministry oh, yeah. in the trenches. And, you know, if you stay in the trenches for too long, I think I've heard, I know you've interviewed Josh Ross before, but I think I've yeah. heard him say, and this is actually really beneficial to me when I heard it. And if you stay in the trenches for too long, bad things can start to happen. Um, you have to practice self-care, which I know is also one of your uh, recent sure. um, podcasts. So yeah, you know, um, that's super important. And I think my faith, honestly, maybe faith is a bad way to bad word for this, but you know, just how you view yourself, how you view God, um, you know, really how, where you believe that you stand, you know, it's where, how much grace I have on myself, I think depends on how long I stay in those trenches um, and pull myself out. Cause you know, you, and you know, this doing chaplaincy stuff. I mean, you, 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 you literally go out and live out Galatians 6 to you know, bury each other's burdens. Um, but we have to remember to, to kind of push those, to then give them back to, to God. Right, <laughs> um, right. So I think when I do it right, my faith is strengthened. When I do it wrong, it can suffer. And so that's when I really depend. I have a great group of people um, that have been supporting me through prayer. And I definitely feel it. Um, and to me, that's, that's the big thing. I think why I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm strong, um, but the reason I can bear this is because I know I have people praying. Um, and I think that's what keeps me on my feet a lot of days, if that makes much sense. Yeah, no, you do. When you're in, I mean, I just remember conversations with um, an older chaplain that had been at the hospital for, I don't know, how long but long time he's you know close probably within a year or two of retirement Hmm. and he would be the person that um was pretty well known in the hospital Hmm. by doctors and nurses you know the the core staff that is there you know patients come and go but um you know the staff is a big part of hospital chaplaincy Hmm. everybody knew him and um yeah, I would just go into his office and he would basically just be like, yeah, like there's a lot of pain and suffering here mm-hmm. and uh, it's not going away tomorrow. <laughs> it's not yeah. like tomorrow the hospital is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I was just so, it just has stuck with me that, yeah, he was definitely, you know, use your term. He was definitely in the trenches mm-hmm. and had been doing it a long time. And he wasn't, um, he was hopeful, but he also, I think, had a, um, like, almost like, um, I'm trying to think of what the word, but, like, he was steady and faithful, but he mm-hmm. also had what I guess I would just call it, like, a winter faith. Like, sure. it was, like, what I would call winter faith, where it's, like, he's always constantly battling, mm-hmm. like, why is this happening to this person but yes why is it not happening to me and we all go through things but you start doing chaplaincy and you're like oh man this person's mm-hmm. life has been a lot more difficult than mine absolutely and what do i do with that mm. but you know like the cool thing though is 
and you know, I, I started to identify with some, some scripture, you know, as I remember one of the things that comes back to me is, you know, when Jesus provided healing to people and then the one came back to thank him, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think of that. And I'm not saying that what we do provides healing. I, I'm not trying to compare myself in that way, but you know, when the one came back and thanked him, I remember at, kind of at one time being able to identify a little bit, I think with how Jesus felt there, because in chaplaincy, you do your counseling with people, and then a lot of times they'll leave. If they're, if they're feeling better, they don't come back, you know, sure. which I think can be a good thing at times. But a lot of times, you know, I feel like people that genuinely care, and I think that's going to be super important, is that in this work that you genuinely care about people. Yeah. Um, but when you genuinely care, I, I know even months after I've sp- spoken with someone and they don't come back, I wonder, hey, I wonder whatever happened to that person. And, you know, one of the biggest rewards, and I think this does you know, great things for your faith as well, is when someone does come back, not necessarily to thank you, like that's not what I'm wanting, but just to come back and say, hey, hey here's how I'm doing now. You know, during this time, you know, uh, you, remember you said this and I thought about it and went from there. And then a lot of times it's something that I didn't even think about, you know, that I had done. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, something that like, you just said hi to me this day and, and I felt God's presence. And then from there, you know, things went in a different direction. And for me, I'm like, wow, like that's something so minute that I didn't even know I'd even done or even remember, remember doing. And then when you hear those stories where people just say, you know, you know, I, I feel like my time here has been better um, because, you know, I was able to speak with you. I mean, that just, I think it does a lot for your faith too, not necessarily that, that, that complex of, Hey, you know, someone thank me for what I did. Like, not that, but just seeing like how God uses the things that you do. Like sometimes I try really hard, you know, I try really, really hard to help people, but sure. you're always in those, in those cases when I try super hard, that really eh, doesn't really work. But like, if I'm just being nice to people and just caring people, God takes that and just, you know, multiplies at times a hundred. So what is that? My mind. Yeah, <laughs> what do we call that? Yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, to me, that is what incarnational ministry is. Absolutely. It's just I, I think you God, doing what you think you're, you know, like you're doing, you know, not like cameras are on you, but it's like yeah. when you're on, like when I come on and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this great interview and it's going to change lives. Like, it's <laughs> like, if that's my mindset, it's going to be terrible. Absolutely. If I'm just, if I'm just like, I'm just going to talk to my friend, you know, there's mm. something about that. I don't know what to call it, but it's, it's Mm. definitely true. I think, I think it's part of the message of the gospel too. You know, if you make it about you, you know, it's only going to be about you. Um, you know, and it's, it is interesting. I mean, cause it causes you to go back and say, okay, God, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're doing here, but I like it. (laughs) You know, um, you know, and it really helps you not to focus so much on your own strengths, but just to do what you were called to do. And that's just to care for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things about chaplaincy is um, even if it is a really hard job, you do, I think it is a job that leans itself to a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. yes. and a lot of, um, I mean, there's just some downtime to it. And, um, I'm sure me and you know, people who are, um, burnt out 
of working with churches. And yes. I'm just curious of like how good it is. And you can get burnout in chaplaincy for sure. Oh, absolutely. But how good it is to just feel like all I'm doing is ministry and mm. I'm caring for people and that's all I'm doing versus yeah. when you have a church ministry job, you can get caught up in a lot of things that are just, you know, not bad, but um, not the same as like, all I'm doing is direct care, like hospital chaplaincy. Like we're like, we are a direct care person. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just curious if that, do you think there's truth to that? No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think that really speaks to different personalities as well. Yeah. Because I think some people, you know, live and die in the pulpit. Like that's, yeah. that's why they got into ministry. Like I want to be a public speaker. I'm going to get, and they're great pulpit preachers. But then when they get out into the foyer, kind of falls apart a little bit. And there's some people that are great in the foyer, but maybe not so great in the pulpit. Um, I, I like to think in chaplaincy, you're that, you're that foyer guy and you can be good in the pulpit too, but you're that foyer guy. You're really good with people. And for me personally, like I, I love ministry. Like I love the one-on-one -on -one stuff. And so for me and my personality, I think chaplaincy is just right for me. Um, I, I'm not saying I'll never get back into church in the, in the ministry or the church ministry. I think, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, I, my healing, I think came from my time at Sycamore View, that's church ministry, you know? Um, but um, I've had, I've had some experiences. I'll tell you one, one story just real quick that kind of highlights this for me. So I was in the ministry, I think church ministry for a little over 10 years. And my first year of chaplaincy, I mean, my second year of chaplaincy, I had just a moment that I've never experienced before. So I had this, this, this recruit come in my office and um, I think he was 17 and he came in. He's like, yeah, they told me to come talk to the chaplain. So he was in my office. He said, look, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm just in here because I think my drill instructor, they call them like RDCs over there, recruit division. Uh, I don't remember what they call them. Um, our, our recruit division officers, I think. Um, RTCs, yeah. But they were over there and um, they were – I think he hates me. You know, it's kind of funny. You think your drill instructor hates you. You know, so I told him, I said, well, what if, what if I could get you away from your, um, your drill instructor for an hour, hour and a half on a Sunday? Well, how would you react to that? He said, I'm all for it. I don't care what I got to do. What can I get away? I said, well, you're allowed to come to chapel. I'm preaching Sunday. Hey, why don't you just come to chapel? He's like, I don't believe in that stuff. It's like, it's okay. Just come sit there. I'm not going to get on to you. Just sit there and, you know, we'll talk afterwards. So this kid, he walked out of my office. Again, I didn't expect to see him. And uh, Sunday I'm preaching and I look out and I see this, see that kid. He's sitting there and I see like four or five other of his buddies with him. And they were, you know, being respectful. They were sitting there. But I noticed that he kind of had this really interested look on his face as I was preaching. And so um, at the end of the sermon, I, I was trying to catch him. And he came up to me. He's like, Hey chaps. Um, do you know, like, I don't, I'm believing any of this stuff, but I, I got a question for you. I said, okay. He's like, okay, I've never, never been to church before. He said, but man, like, I don't know what this is, but like, I feel this 
kind of peace right now that I haven't felt in a long time after being in here. And I don't know what that is. It's like, he said, is that God? Mm. And for the first time in my ministry, I got to explain to someone who God was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd realized right. in all of my 10 years of ministry, I've never had someone ask me, Hey, is this God? Mm. Um, you know, and my, my response was literally to him was, I think, I think you already know the answer. Hey, come by my office tomorrow. We'll talk. And, um, it was just, it, that's just an example of one of the things that I've got to experience in this ministry that I didn't really get to experience in church ministry just because of the nature of the job, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does make a lot of sense. I think that's a great example of what you can experience doing the work you do. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that was healing. Like you had kind of talked about Sycamore view giving you time to heal and being a a church that helped you heal. Um, I think the church I grew up at, that's one of the best things that we did was help people heal from, from kind of past churches, honestly, sadly, but uh, I think that was true. And I think that's what he, that's what the the story just sold the young man. I think that's what he was experiencing. Yes. Is that, that healing power that, you know, we can be a, instrument we can be a vessel we can be a tool that god uses to bring about bring about healing um, absolutely i don't know you seem like you're enjoying what you're doing which is cool. i am no i am you really know, cool good days see. and bad days <laughs> but oh, I, yeah. I today's artwork was done by dominique frazier The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland. And the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone. But instead, you spent it with me. So I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribe to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out.